Welcome to Lighthouse 805 Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Matt, and I hope you enjoy the last message in the Brew Sermon Series, entitled, But First, Coffee. Well, good morning. Man, today is it's the last day. This is it. This is the last sermon of Brew Series. Um, we're, at the, we're at the culmination where we finally make a cup of coffee after seven weeks inside of a coffee sermon series. Um, the title is, But First, Coffee. But First, Coffee. Did you know um, today, it's, it's actually kind of special that this is the last message on coffee, because today is National Coffee Day. Did you know that? It's, that's, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, God works in so many funny ways, and I think it's just kind of special. We didn't plan it out. It was just God saying, I spoke to you about coffee, you did it, and now I'm going to show up and show you how awesome I am. I think that's one of those things that God does every once in a while that just blows my mind. Reiterating this sermon series, the life of a coffee bean is complete service. From birth to death, it is the fullest picture of serving. There's nothing in it for a coffee bean. It has to get burnt, has to get roasted, has to get ground down, only to be add water, and then the grounds are discarded for the flavor to remain to serve someone else. So that's, that's what our sermon series is all about. It's about serving. And we learned in the first week, it's, it's the heart of a servant is, it's really worship. That's what it comes down to. It's just this attitude of what worship is. I mean, it's really easy to think, oh, worship is just singing a great song that sounds neat to me. But it's, it's really the heart. We find out in scripture over and over, God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. And I really want to get that point across today as we talk about what this message is. It's the culmination of coffee actually brewed in a cup. Um, It takes three basic components to have a cup of coffee. Water, ground up coffee, and a cup. You really do have to have those three things. If you don't have one of them, you you don't have a cup of coffee. Um, Or else, I mean, if you take away the cup, you'll have a puddle of coffee. If you take away the coffee beans, you'll have a cup of water take away the water, you're, it's going to be crunchy coffee beans. <laughs> Yum. Delicious. These, these three ingredients together represent us to the world. That's the final illustration. When these three things come together, the, the water, the coffee grounds, and the cup, you look at it as a picture, that's what, who we are to the world. And so I want to dive in, uh, do a deep dive on illustratively looking at the three ingredients. So we're going to start off with water. Number one, water. <clears throat> this illustrates what God is and what he could do with us. Have you, ever, have you ever felt that moment where you just feel like dry in your life? Not like an antiperspirant commercial, <laughs> but just dry. Like you just feel like, ugh. You're getting up. There's some routines. I got to do this. I got to do it. It's just like you, you just don't, the excitement has gone for a moment. And you're just like, ugh, you know? That's, that's the moment when we need God to show up. He represents the water. He represents getting rid of the dry places in our lives, the emptiness that we feel. Like a coffee cup, a cup which is coffee beans, it longs for the water. 
And that's what our life is. Without God, we're longing for God. And sometimes we'll turn to other things to try to fill up those places of like, maybe this will fit, maybe this will fit. It doesn't work. It just doesn't happen. So we have this story with Moses. Moses is the greatest shepherd who ever lived because he shepherded sheep and then God called him to shepherd the people. He went into Egypt to rescue all of God's people, take him out of Egypt, go through a desert, and move into Israel, Canaan. This is where we get God's chosen people. So Exodus chapter 3, I want to look at the story where God shows up and talks to Moses. Because that's, that's our story too. Because at one point, God will show up and start speaking to us, and we can just miss it. And go, I don't know if this is actually God. And you start wondering, like, is God speaking to me, or is this um, just like my own thoughts? Is this something? Is this, you know, what is this? And so God shows up, and this is where God talks to Moses and how it represents the water in Moses' life. God said, I am who I am. You must tell them, the one who is called I am has sent me to you. Tell the Israelites that I, the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, have sent you to them. This is my name forever. This is what all future generations are to call me. Go and gather the leaders of Israel together and tell them that I, the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, appear to you. Tell them that I have come to them and have seen what the Egyptians are doing to them. I have decided... Underline that in your Bible. I have decided. God has chosen. He has decided. He has decided to go and take action on what he has seen. That I will bring them out of Egypt where they are being treated cruelly and will take them to a rich and fertile land, the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebzites. Moses felt dry up to this point. He really felt like he had no purpose in his life. He felt like he had no calling, no direction. He was just asking his father-in-law, give me something to do. And so he's wandering around in the desert with sheep, tending after for his father-in-law. He has nothing else to do in the world. And he's purposeless. He has nothing. So God enters. A, supplies our needs. Supplies our needs. One of the things that God loves to do is really supply our needs. I'm not, I'm not trying to say this is a financial aspect. This isn't that point. God supplies what we need, not necessarily what we want. And they're two separate things. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. He supplies our needs. Moses, in this moment, needed purpose and direction. And God supplied it. The people who are sitting in Egypt are being tortured and held in slavery. And God is supplying their need of taking them to salvation, taking them to a new land. First thing that God loves to do is supply what we need because only he can fill it. And what starts getting dangerous in dry places of our lives is when we feel a craving that we need something, we don't know how to fulfill it, so we just try filling with other things. Have you ever tried making coffee with orange juice? Did someone say yes? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> People in the back. <laughs> oh my goodness. There, there's a, it, it's not going to turn out great. It might, it might, 
You might try to change your palate and try to acquire that taste after some time, but that's what people try to do is when they try to fill their needs with other things that don't fit, they try to change their palate to match that disgusting, nasty thing in their life to try to get over it. When in reality, you need God to fulfill that need. He supplies our need. I think it's interesting because God supplies our needs based on our individual needs. See, Moses needed God to talk to him and give him a purpose, and he received that. But what these other people needed was someone to lead them. And so God said, I am sending you a person to show up as a physical representation of me because that's what they need. And a lot of times we can get sidetracked when we see someone else's needs met and we go, oh, God does that. I want that for my life too. If I get what they have, I'll feel good. That doesn't work either. And, and we can get so distracted. when it's like, man, if God would just fill my needs like that other person's needs, I would just be great. Nope. B, always watching. Always watching. Mike Wazowski. If, if you don't know that quote, you, that, you may have just gotten really creeped out, okay? I'm sorry. That is uh, Monsters, Inc. It's a Pixar film. We are coming close to our Disneyland series, and I am very excited for it. I have probably two years of material to preach on and only seven weeks to do it. So I got to let it leak out somewhere else. Always watching. <laughs> One of the things I love about God is in this reference, in the, in the scripture, it says, I have seen, I have heard their cries. I've seen what's happening. One of the things that God does for us is not just turn us into coffee and any it, it the fix, fixes dry places but the moment you realize you're in a dry place you have the understanding that god is there too watching you all of a sudden it's oh that means it's a timing thing that means if he fixed it right now i wouldn't get what i needed right now i need god to watch and then act when he thinks it's right to act on God has never left us. He hasn't abandoned us. He's watching and preparing to make his move in our lives. C, hope to our future. I want to look at verse 17 again. I have decided that I will bring them out of Egypt where they are being treated cruelly and I will take them to a rich and fertile land. A lot of I wills. I will do this. I will do that. See, God God is giving us hope to what's to come. There's a future, and it's hopeful. I mean, how, how horrible would it be if we're in a dry season in our lives, and God's like, man, your dry season is just not going to end. Good luck with that. I have seen your future. I am sorry. <laughs> no, God, God's in the business of hope to a future. There is hope to this future. Pat, can you close just one of the doors? Thanks. And the, the other thing I love about this scripture is when God references the future, it's not individualistic. It's actually plural. It, it, it involves every single person involved. See, when God looks at our future, 
It's not just like, oh, you will have a good future. He says, no, you, as in all of you, are partnering together. There's community in this future. Number two. So one was the water. That's God's role in it. And number two is the coffee grounds. Coffee grounds. Up to this, we've done six weeks on coffee grounds, getting to that point. If you've missed it, check out the podcast. But the coffee grounds, in a nutshell, is our life up to this point. Nothing's wasted. It adds to the flavor of who we are. Okay? Your, your past in history is not bad enough where God can't utilize it. In fact, he loves taking our past and bringing worship out of it. That's what's going on here. Exodus chapter 3. One day, while Moses was taking care of the sheep and goats of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, he, had, he led the flock across the desert and came to Sinai, the holy mountain. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him as a flame coming from the middle of a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire, but that it was not burning up. This is strange, he thought. Why isn't the bush burning up? I will go closer and see. Sounds like a children's book. The bush is on fire. The bush is not burning up. <laughs> I wonder what is wrong with the bush. I will go. Sorry, uh, kids' books. It's my children. Um, yep. The coffee grounds. A, our past. <clears throat> God will use our past to worship him. So what I love is God will try to trip us up and, or I mean, the enemy will try to trip us up and destroy who we are. And God says, you know what? You might want to just erase that from your life, but actually I'm going to turn it to worship me. It's not wasted. It's not awful. It's not terrible. I'm going to make the, the devil cringe because I'm going to make your past worship me. I'm going to use it for my good. I love it because Moses is sitting there. And it's got to be frustrating, you know? He's walking around sheep in a desert. They're not even his sheep because he showed up late to the game. And so now he's helping someone else with their own sheep. And he's probably reflecting on his past in the palace with all the golden riches he could ever want, with all the power he could ever want, and he's sitting there, powerless and moneyless, and just thinking, is my past wasted? Did I make a mistake in my past? And God shows up and says, your past isn't wasted. It was in preparation because I'm going to have you go back there. And I needed that longing for riches to be out of your system. There's some times when we have our past and we think, oh, it's, it's so messed up. But God will take us through a season of refinement to become out of our past. We have to work our past out of us first, then he sends us back into it to redeem it. Because if you go back too soon, you might just trip up. And God needs it redeemed. B, <clears throat> what we practice. <clears throat> Excuse me. What we practice. Do you want to catch the verse of what he's doing? I've read this so many times. And I feel like this is just brand new information. Look at verse 1 in the, in the middle of it. He led the flock across the desert and came to Sinai. 
You could read that verse at the beginning of the story or at the end, and you wouldn't know which it's talking about. He led the flock. God sees him leading the sheep of another man across a desert to Mount Sinai. If you don't know the end of the story, spoiler alert, God calls Moses to lead his flock through the desert to Mount Sinai. It's the same thing twice. And so God shows up and says, I see you've been practicing. <laughs> you didn't know you were in practice. You didn't know this is what's happening. But surprise, it is. So God has been using him this whole time where he thought he was just wasting his life. He thought he was just frustrated. He thought he was just wandering around doing nothing. And God's like, I've had you in practice preparing for your purpose. Three Ps unintentionally in a row. That was awesome. So he has him in practice right now, and he's having him wander with sheep through a desert to Mount Sinai. And then God says, here's your purpose. Um, I want you to lead my sheep, just like you led your other father's sheep, through the same desert to the same mountain and come back here again and, and worship me. And Moses is like, so you want me to just do the same thing again? Just change one thing. God's like, yes. And what's crazy is that's how God works in our lives too. We might think we're in these frustrating seasons at work where we're like, I, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to do. I've been doing it for too long. It's too late now. And God's like, keep at it. You're practicing. You're practicing. You're practicing. And all of a sudden, one moment, God will show up and go, hey, you know that thing I've been having you practice? Now you're ready. Just do it this way. And you're like, oh, how did I not see that this whole time? I've been doing this for several decades. Okay. Moses had been doing this for decades, wandering through a desert with some sheep. And now God's like, I want you to get, do it again. Decades, wandering with my sheep to my mountain. It's mind-boggling. God always will have us practice and prepare for our purpose. And a lot of times we don't even know we're doing it. Because if we knew it, we might not last through it. See, how close we draw to God. See, the, the grounds, the grounds in the coffee, the final cup, they're all filled with different flavor, right? You don't just buy coffee beans from anywhere and they're all the exact same. If you buy Insta Coffee Folgers and compare it to like a Peruvian uh, Terbian blend or something. It's going to taste a little bit different. Peaberry. I don't know why I said Terbian. I don't know where that word just came from. So they're different because the grounds are different. Likewise, in our own lives, my, how I have purpose and how God speaks to me is different than how God speaks to you. We all have a different flavor when we bring it out to the surface. My goal is not to be like you, and your goal is not to be like me. My goal is to mirror Jesus and be more like him, and, and we have this flavor and uniqueness that we bring to his kingdom contribution. But the one thing we all have in common is in verse 3. This is strange, he thought. Why isn't the bush burning up? I will go closer and see. This is the thing that we have to have in common. I will go closer and see. It's how we draw closer to Jesus. When we start noticing showing up in our lives and in, 
divine moments and miraculous and, and just bizarre coincidences, when you're like, wow, that was strange. I can't believe this thing happened again and again and again. Well, that's, that's God showing up strange for you to draw closer to him and hear why he's causing this to happen over and over and over. It's not random coincidences. That's God being crazy awesome. We have to have that heart. This is strange, Matt thought. Why is this thing happening over and over in my life? Why is this one thing echoing again and again? I'm going to draw closer to God and find out. Insert your own name into whatever situation you're facing. And number three, the third and last point in our coffee sermon series might be reprised someday. I don't know. It's, it's the cup. Cup is, is very important, actually, to the coffee. It's what contains it and gives it the ability to carry beyond where it was made. So just come with me and, and on this journey. If you make coffee, you add the water and the grounds, and it makes coffee. But if you have no vessel, it doesn't go anywhere. If you have no container, it can't transfer. It can't move. This represents our ability to say, God, I am here, and I'm willing to go where you send me. It's the attitude of sent. It's the attitude of, God, you're working in my heart. Now get it out of my heart and move it into my life. See, the, the mug represents our, our willingness to say, God, use me, send me. It's, it's the action step. So in number three, Exodus chapter three, verse 12 says this. God answered, I will be with you. And when you bring the people out of Egypt, you will worship me on the mountain. That will be the proof that I have sent you. So we have a few things going on with the coffee cup. A, unity. How, how do we bring this out of our hearts? How do we bring this out? What God is doing in us, how do we bring it outside of us? It's A, unity. God says, I will be with you. I will be with you. It's, it's saying, God's saying, I'm with you. You're the grounds, I'm the water, and us together, we're in unity. And what keeps the unity together is this coffee cup. But then it kind of transfers a little bit in the story because it says you're unified with God, but you're unified with people too. It's having the mindset, God's partnering with me, but I need to be partnering with others. God answered, I'll be with you, and when you bring the people out of Egypt, God doesn't work on any of our hearts so that we could sit alone on an island and die there alone. That's not the end goal of this. It's be in community and be in, in this unity aspect. B, win in quotes. The key word in verse 12 is win. God answered, I'll be with you and win you bring the people. Circle this, highlight this. Uh, if you have a phone, you know, just our pins work on it. Just draw a circle right there. Just save that as your screensaver. Just kidding. Don't draw on your phone. I'll be with you. And when you bring the people. 
Do you know God sees us living on mission? He sees our actions. And he proclaims, he goes, I see what you're going to do. I'm setting you up for it. Now go out there and just do it. All right? It's not a, if you you could please do this, that's not how God says it. He says, when you do it, this is what's going to happen. It's a confidence booster. Do you know if God says, I see you doing it, and you go, oh, that means I can do it, versus I hope you can do it. You're like, oh, man, I don't know if I can. There's this confidence that kicks over when God says, when this happens. Man, if I, if I know I can do it, I'll be fine. Do you remember the first time you ever got in the car and drove? Have you, have you ever been in there? This is my first time. And then we, we decided, my dad was like, let's just go to a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. And then we're going to practice there a little bit more. I got, I got um, uh, demoted from parking lot, empty parking lot, to dirt road, because what was happening? And so we were on this dirt road, and we are driving, and I'm in a, you know those old Suburbans? Like, they're like basically tanks. So my dad was like, we're all going to get in the Suburban. I don't know why he was like, all the whole family is going to get in there. And Pat, I don't know if Pat even remembers this, but he was very, very young. And we hop in there, and we're going on this road in the middle of nowhere, and all of a sudden another car comes, and I'm like, it's coming at me. And so I panic, and I just decide, I'm going to give it some extra room, just go off the road a little bit. And then come back, and my dad is like, what are you doing? <laughs> just to stay on the road. I'm like, it was going to hit me. <laughs> He's like, why would it hit you? You just got to stay in your lane. And then there was this moment when my dad's like, when you start driving, you need to stay in your lane. You need to just keep going. And it, was, it just kind of clicked for me. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be driving every day the rest of my life. I can just do it. And it, it just it kind of clicked over. Because God has this win moment for us. When you do this, and it's like this confidence booster. C, evidence. Look at the last part of the, ver- the verse. You will worship me on this mountain. That will be the proof that I have sent you. You know, the, the, we want proof before we start, but a lot of times God goes, I'll give you the proof when it's over. It's like, well, that doesn't help me because I need it now. You want to give me proof and evidence when it's all said and done? Well, duh, then I'll have it. And God's like, exactly. It's like, I I don't think I'll ever understand God on this one. That'll be the proof. have Have you ever said something to someone or done something and you just felt like it was like a like a moment from God, and you're like, I think God's telling me to tell you this. I'm not quite sure. And you tell them, and then years later, like years later, they come back, they're like, remember when you said that one word? That changed my life. Well, let's worship God on that. It's one of those moments where in the moment you don't know, but then later on you do realize it, and it's just this amazing worship moment. If you haven't had one of those, oh, it's coming. It is coming. Listen to God obey it, and then you get the evidence later on. And it's just this, it just keeps you going and motivated. Let's pray. Lord, as we, as we wrap up this sermon series, 
I pray that we supply the coffee grounds. We're supplying our life. We're turning it over to you. And we have the faith and the hope that you mix with us so that we can go into the world and we can supply the flavor of who you are illustrated in our lives to our friends and our family. Or this, this coffee cup represents us to the world. And I pray that we would be our own unique identity and, and uniqueness partnered with you to, to bring it out. Lord, start giving us divine moments that we can, we can start having in our families, our friends, and our, and our jobs. And Lord, as, as we start worshiping with each other on Mount Sinai, if you will, we look back and have the evidence that you were showing up this whole time. In your mighty name, amen. Thanks for checking out our podcast today. If you want someone to talk to or if you have a prayer request, please visit our website at lighthouse805.com. Have a great day and God bless.